Hey guys, my name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive On Podcast. I started a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on, and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today, I'm super excited to have one of my best friends back on, Mr. Fayez Rana. We had our first episode. We were just looking back in the beginning of April, April. and it's super cool. I wanted to have him back because I'm in the middle of building out my own studio right now. Um, It pretty much looks like shit. We have it here on the (laughs) GoPro, but everything that I do is little bit by little bit by little bit and then Mm -hmm. iterate and then make magic happen. So what I want to inspire you to do today is to go out there, whatever ideas that you have, please just remember it's not going to look pretty in the beginning, but as long as you have that vision and you keep executing, you're going to get there. So one of the things we wanted to get into today is the topic of teamwork. I love the quote that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. I'm a huge believer in building teams and building people up. And I'd love to start off by picking your brain a little bit about what do you believe in in teams? I know both of us are trying to build teams within our startup right now, but maybe we can go a little bit before the startup life and like how community and teamwork kind of led you to where you're at right now and why you're a big believer in it. Whoa. I really like your intro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting better, right? Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) And I think it's really authentic because that's what you really like to do is if you're stuck, let me know and let's figure it out. That's your brand in a nutshell, right? Um, And it connects to the community thing because that's how you built your community. Um, That's it's very unique to you. Um, in terms of like teams, I try to have a similar mindset um, with my employees and partner and customers. And basically anybody that's, that, that we're involved with, whether we're buying from them, whether we're their neighbors, like whatever it is, it's all about how can we help each other. And I was thinking about this on the car right here that I ask our customers how we can help them a lot. But for some reason I thought, and it's usually related to the service. Is there something we can do better? Is there something food related that we can do better for you? But why not extend that further and just start calling customers and be like, is there anything that I can do to help you? Like, is there anything in your life that I can help with right now? And what what that would look like if you just stay on the phone and call every single customer? What hey, somebody how you might doing? say? Yeah. What 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 might they say? And so, I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> that is an amazing idea, um, and it's one of those things where this world is so fast, and the touch points of communicating with other people naturally, authentically, genuine. We're losing that. And that's why I think like because we're losing it in the consumer space, as business owners, you have a lot of people right now that go to the corporate world, they become jaded, start their own thing, but they're not doing it the right way because they had this jaded feeling of a good example, conflict through text messages, right? Like yeah. you can't 
in the normal world, people do it all the time. They text paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs back and forth. But as a business owner, I'm thinking, man, I don't got time for that. Like, I don't got time to text. If there's any problem, I'm just going to call you. But then it goes back to times when we were young. All you could do was call people. There was no texting or whatever. So we have this kind of weird generation where half of us, you and I, like the calling and the face-to-face and communicating mm-hmm. our problems and fixing them. Right. But the consumer market is so used to like throwing their problems under the carpet and then when somebody pokes them, they lash out to them through text message or whatever it may be. And I love this topic because that's one of the things that could kill a team is behind the back talk of one another. Mm-hmm. And that's what texting allows. Like People can focus on shit that doesn't matter. And... For you guys, for what you're building, how have you seen, like I'd love to dig into, okay, you're talking about calling your customers, but how internally as a team, have you, how do you communicate? What methods are you using? What technologies? Are you holding meetings once a day? Like what does that look like? Give the, give the audience a little look into your life. Um, like around eight, between eight and nine every day, I, I think about somebody in the company and like ask the question, how can I be helpful to them? And I'll send a text that's, it may just be like, hey, how are you? I, I hope you have a really good day today. Like, let me know if, you know, there's anything I can do to help. How um, do you decide on who to text? I don't know. My brain message? just comes up with somebody. <laughs> I, just acts. There's something going action. on. There's something going on with everybody at different points, right? Yeah. So this week it may be somebody, tomorrow maybe somebody else, and it usually is. Like there's something going on with everybody when you have 15, 20 people that you're working with yeah, constantly, you know? Everybody's got their own lives. So some people, some need more professional help. Others need like more emotional help. Like everybody has really deep shit going on. Like I, tr- both Heather and I try really hard to be there as human beings to the point like you know alcoholism drug addiction cars not working you know got in a car accident like all these things have happened they're always happening and you know we could just be like yeah don't worry like you don't have to show up at work today or we can be like holy fuck like what can we do to help like are you okay is a car okay okay let me call a mechanic for you like you, you just go the extra mile as a person. And I think that energy, and it's not like we premeditate this, like it's coming yeah, from you're a just, real place. Yeah, you're just... It's like something is wrong, I think I can try to help. So um, it's, an, it's an instinctual. Um, and somehow that's created this like magnet where now people that we can work with are just coming, like all positions. Hey, I think I can help your business in this way. Hey, I can help your business in that way. I want to be a part of the team. I'm so happy to be a part of the team. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer so, the question? So you would say that instinctually caring is like the genuinely, number one trait. Genuinely. Yeah. Now, what happens when you come across a person that doesn't have that? What's your... That doesn't... Like that, Operate that are, are you the type of person that tries to help them learn into that, or is it like you steer clear of them? Because that's the toughest thing for me is like when I'm trying to grow something and I'm passionate, and I run into somebody that might 
like not just be there yet like there i get i have hope for everybody yeah. you can be a murderer and turn into a good person uh-huh. right like i'm a big believer in that because just even myself a decade ago i wasn't who i am today mm-hmm. and that's where i believe everyone deserves a second chance within reason obviously like criminals and whatever that's a different story but i'm talking about normal human beings that we work with that we interact with we all fuck up we all got shit going on totally and it's not our right to judge anybody else but what do you do like one of the biggest struggles i have is like i have my own team Mm -hmm. right i gotta care about my my team but then like you all like your clients are your team too Mm -hmm. so you get pitted at sometimes of time you only have so much time in the day when you come across somebody that's either on your team or that's a client that might not be with it as much as you are like what's Mm -hmm. your reaction are you going to spend time in that moment or are you going to be like they can sink or swim or how do you view how we should do it i mean i try to exhaust all options like there's no like hard answer on this it's so in the moment um but you know there's that advice out there that's like fire quickly right it's not about hiring it's about firing and i suck at that (laughs) i fucking suck at it because i'm really i i can hear it in my gut when i can tell that somebody's not the right fit but i have a really hard time just fucking cutting people like that like you don't work for the company i try to figure out how can they be good for the company is there a way that they can add value here um so it's it's interesting because i think this is a tough beast for anybody to handle and i when i was at the forbes summit last fall i heard the number one panel i went to was how to fire literally that was Mm. called the panel and i uh it was one that was checked on my list because i wanted first of all i didn't know what the hell they were going to say but one of the guys up there yeah like what are you like uh, this is how we fire people and then like line them up one by one they start reenacting it no i wish that happened because that would have been funny but um there was a guy telling a story up there and he talked about like one he hocus he so he kind of is the hire fast fire fast mm-hmm. but he also said that he does the hiring so he was like the ceo ceo and he was like, you know what? In the beginning of this company, I had to make a decision. Do I want to be the visionary and help run the company? Or do I want to see who's coming into this company to fulfill that vision? And he's like, a lot of CEOs and COOs and whatever, as soon as like they start getting traction, they don't sit down with their employees, quote unquote, anymore. They have somebody do it for them. He was like, the number one thing that they did, he still takes every interview, CEO, even have a 400 person company, um, and what he did was he was like, I spent a lot of time with them, just like I see you doing, Fayez. But he also said when he went to fire him, what made it easier on him is like, look, you're done at this company unless X, Y, Z. I'll give you two months, three months, whatever it may be. And then I'll give you a little bit of a severance afterwards. Or if you want to end right now, I'll give you one month and we'll help you find your next next job. So we're not going to leave you hanging in the dry. So he's like, it worked extremely well because the people that were kind of already on the outs took the severance, but then they had a good relationship with you because you're like, I'll still help someone to go get a job if they if not yeah. cool working here. I will literally use my network to see if there's a better opportunity for you out there because that makes our brand stick out. Mm. So it was really interesting to hear hear him That's say that, really and like, I left a uh, I left with a ton of knowledge from that. So I don't know if you have any remarks on that, but <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that immediately (laughs) yeah it's just like 
this is what you want because in our hearts like we all have an expectation as a CEO you have you you look at your employees and whoever's working with you like they're kids man like like oh. you want them to say to like go out into the world and do amazing things and you feel like a part of that and that's where we a lot I think a lot of people lose sight they either fire and then like ghost you and don't say anything or they do the opposite where it hurts the entire company because you have somebody out of position. Right. So that's one thing that I want to dive into is just like, how do you tell when it's not working? What does that look like? How do you tell someone's out of position? What are the typical traits of that? I mean, mistakes are a great indicator. Um, and then also, I look at the energy level and enthusiasm that somebody approaches their job with. Um, I really like to pay attention to stress. So I'm really looking at the emotional state of everyone and seeing if what they're doing gives them energy. Because if you're going to be stressed doing your job, you're not going to be able to do it well for a very long time. And even worse, if someone's stressed, you ever been around somebody that's stressed? I don't want it. Like, you can feel that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it, it. It's like a chain reaction. It's like one person comes in stressed, then it goes. That's yeah. why I hated, I absolutely hated when I worked at UBS to open floor seating. Mm. Because if someone to the left or right of me came in stressed or frantic or whatever, it freaked me out. Yeah, I didn't have my it. cubicle to just like do yeah. my shit and not have to worry about somebody else. Like, and it's, I, I'm not, I don't want to be naive, like, their shit doesn't matter. Right. But it's just like there's a time and a place yeah. for everything, like professional, like be a professional and, yeah. and whatever. And when you let your shit go on to other people, that's something that I'm not a big believer in because I don't do that to people. And I right. think that like, again, time and place for yeah. it. It's a choice. Ultimately, it is a choice for the most part. Um, so, yeah, you're totally right. I never thought about it that way, but deep down that's what it is it's nobody wants to be around stress because um, you gotta like and that's that could also help you as a leader is just like if someone's stressed like i'd rather pay them to leave so that five people don't become stressed and it's just yeah. like those are the little gut things that i've seen and talked with mentors about and just like little things cogs like that a lot of people don't do because you're so caught in the moment and i just i know you like you're a people person and you're like in tune with it but i have seen that like if you just act and instead of like this is the what is it called like you know how like root if, cause yeah the root cause like yeah. the little thing that if you don't get away like it turns into a bigger thing yeah it'll just keep happening over and over and over again if you just react to the situation try to make it go away it's just going to come back um so yeah i mean like there's some people that i need to move around right now and like, I don't know that by moving them, it's going to work, but that's what I meant by exhausting my options earlier. Like I have a feeling everything is a test, a trial and error when you're building a business. So just like, um, I put out two different versions of an ad to see which one works better. I do that with people as well. I pay attention to the activities that they're doing and like, what part of it are they excelling at the most? And how do they feel doing that work and then i i just want everybody to be in their best place it's just going to reflect in in 
in the product and the customer experience uh, it's what I've learned the most by having to hire and fire people is that we have a lot of responsibility because if I let somebody go they're going to be concerned about whether they can make their bills that's a very real thing yeah not everybody has savings especially when you have people that are earning like you know, $15, $20 an hour, there's, you know, what you make goes towards your bills. Um, so I think about that a lot. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are the things that I think you don't think about as a solopreneur is uh-huh. when you start building an idea that gains traction, like it was just you or just you and your co-founder and then you start bringing in other people and it's just like, oh shit, like this is way bigger and uh-huh. way more, I have to be way more responsible than I did when it was just me. It was just me. Yeah. And I think that, that applies to all areas of life. Like, like I'm sure. married, right? Like now my goals and my dreams become our goals and mm-hmm. our dreams. And that's kind of like, it's actually helped me in the team side of things. Um, but something that I want to go into is I just remember being playing sports my entire life. And one of the things that made the best teams were the ones that where we did stuff off the field mm-hmm. where it wasn't just work aka mm-hmm. um, and we love to work but you can't expect your employees to be love as to passionate work, yeah. about your product as mm-hmm. you are yeah so like what have you done um, either in the past or what you're thinking about as you grow to maybe keep that fire lit for for other people because you're always lit we're always lit we wake up we were just talking about this before yeah. the podcast like we're just in the zone. We just yeah. love this shit. This is our sport. But for other people, we don't want to push on them that you have to be like us because mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want them to just love what they're doing. How have you kind of mitigated that or like gone around that so far versus what you would want to do in the future? I mean, again, it's like a combination of a hard and a soft skill. It's like you can have certain, we try, we're trying to implement this new like buddy system where every week or uh, you get paired up with somebody else who works in the company um, and you, I don't know, you just check in on each other during the week or say good morning yeah, or whatever. Awesome. Um, like we went to Top Golf last month. That was fun. When I got wrong. Who won? <laughs> That's right. Not Bird. <laughs> Not Bird, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I feel like, so you can implement programs and then you can just do what I was talking about earlier. Like when an employee is sick, uh, bring them soup. You don't understand how far that fucking goes. Like and people are loyal to so people. minimal. Not, yeah. Like if you can do it, do it. But it's so great. It's like writing a letter it, like it to people, to your yeah. customers. Like, it just is. How happy, like I still, to this day, like I get a piece of mail and I'm just like, someone took the time to actually mail this. (laughs) Because you think like we live in that prime life, like Amazon prime life. You can just fucking go online, digitize anything that you send. And Mm. that's where I think like, if you had to describe one problem of teamwork and of like what we go through, it's such a people oriented thing, like communication and understanding of these little things is really what lacks like that self-awareness is really what's lacking for people to understand that like 
at the end of the day, people, all people don't need to be rich. They just want to be treated right and cared about. Exactly. And it's just like little things get that. Little things earn respect, yeah. not the big flashy things. So like how have you sure. worked towards like having that self-awareness to then exude that into your team? Like what do you think are some tips that for having self-awareness and and as you're building that team, realizing that like this is our, not me anymore? Um, I just think it's like anything else um, that you want to build. You just work at it slowly over time. I've been... I don't know, man, like, I don't even know how self-aware I am, you know, like, I don't know how, how well I know myself, (laughs) Um, but aside from that, I mean, that's the honest, that's the, that's the truth right there, but, you know, I've been trying to meditate since I was like 18 or 19, Uh, it's been on and off, I've never done it perfectly, Um, reading, writing, that basic stuff. So I just, it's, it's just like you're better off doing those things than not doing them. There you go. That's all it is. Like yeah. you just have to have the understanding that I need to be a better human. And try. And then you start seeking yeah. ways to become a better human. Yeah. Just and think about it and your <laughs> actions will follow. But how do we, how do we, how do we get people to think about it? Like that's the thing. How I do don't I, know. Hopefully how do I listen get, to this. <laughs> yeah. How do I get kids to kids from across the globe to think about it. How do I get, even more so, how do I get adults to think about it? Because adults are the ones that are not open towards being like, oh shit, like the world works completely differently than the way that I think it works. I, um, remember that, what did I ask you? You said, you tweeted uh, something about changing the education system and then I said, what, what skill would we teach? And then, I knew my answer to that um, was lifelong learning, which is what you just just described, uh, integrity, and uh, self awareness. I feel like what you the question you just asked is how do we teach self awareness, right? Like how do we get people to think about that? And what you said was we we want to get adults thinking about it more as well as kids. And that and right now school is like formally. K through 12, and then college. Uh, and then what after that? The, the people that want to continue to learn are listening to this podcast. But how do you scale that? Uh, I think it's a combination of what we're doing right now, more people doing it, having these conversations, and also starting it from preschool. And like not teaching for subject matter but actually teaching for the words that were up on the wall when we were in elementary school. You know what I mean? Yep. Perseverance was on the wall, but they weren't testing it or creating scenarios to, to, for me to practice that skill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think that's our long-term mission. Yeah, it needs to be more interactive because I think of like my response to what I wrote to, what I wrote to that was health and exercise and psychology. So mental, spiritual, physical health. When you first go into school, I don't even really give a shit if someone knows their ABCs, but you could teach self-awareness by being like, one kid bunts into another kid. You ask that one kid, how did it feel? Yeah, I didn't like getting bumped into. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then the other kid's like, yeah, I didn't really like bumping into him and then creating this conflict, whatever. So that's self-awareness 101, where it's just like you're, it's, 
do you feel? Yeah, how do you feel? And then what action caused a reaction from somebody right. else? And I heard this really cool statement, don't react, respond. And that's what's been dr- going through my head the past like two weeks as I heard that, is anytime I feel a little itch to be triggered, it's don't react, respond in a responsible, respectable, authentic way, be stern, be direct, but understand when you respond to somebody, you understand their side and then you bring an educated response. When you react, you let your emotional and your gut just take over yeah. right away. And that's what we're trained to do. One, as, as animals, we technically right. are animals, but we're smart enough to change our habits, but we're not starting that from a young age. We literally don't, I love what you just said. Like I can remember and picture all the words on the walls. Like right now I have believe in here, right? right? Mm-hmm. But like, I test myself on that. Do I, my core values from our company, are we achieving our core values? I don't even really look like, you're talking revenue and all these things. I look at, are we achieving our core values and are we doing what we say we stand for? That's the number one rule in my business mm-hmm. is do what you say you're gonna do, right? And then everything else will follow. But when we're kids, we're not really taught that because you get in and it's just like, you learn yeah. ABCs, yeah. you take tests, you, you seven classes. And like, yeah, seven classes in a day, and you're, no real teacher's paying attention to you because they just, you as you get older, we learn that teachers, like, they're just getting fucking through their day, and they're stressed. So, man, I could, we could talk about this. Oh, this is my, the, the education and, and all that my, stuff is my is my jam, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to sidetrack it um, too much. What's the best team you've ever been on? Oh man, that's a weird question. <laughs> the one I'm on now. Yeah. I mean, it's my team, you know? It's not a team that I'm on. This is my team. Like it's pretty awesome. It's stressful, but life can be awesome and a lot of other things as well. So I love the stress though. Like there's like minus my health stress and stuff like that. Right. Like I love waking up being like Damn, I have five people that need me right now. Yeah. Now I have to prioritize. That's a reason. It's a really strong first. reason. Yeah. And it gives me a reason to lit. Like it yeah. gives me that purpose. And before that, and this is where anybody listening that might be questioning what you're doing, I want you to let you know that we are literally sitting in my <laughs> second bedroom with a bunch of clutter everywhere, and not once do I question what I'm doing. The reason being is because I used to question what I was doing when I was making a lot of money working for somebody else and it wasn't fun. If I was gonna question myself in something that I didn't like and I could still fail at, once you get to something that you love doing, like the question, the self-defeat and questioning starts going away. And this is where I think at the end of the day, like good teams are built by good people and I love how like you're super focused on self-awareness and I think when you dial in so deeply, you have to be self-aware enough to A, make fun of yourself Mm -hmm. and not take yourself too seriously and B, be realistic in where you're at. Like Mm -hmm. I think the realism in the entrepreneurial space Mm -hmm. and what people try to perceive like they're doing rather than what they're really doing is really fucked up and I hate it. Spend the energy that you're using to create an image to just do, do actual stuff. And there's not a problem of this in Austin, but for anybody that is listening and is in that spot where you don't like what you're doing, you don't 
know what you want to do, but you know that you want to do something else. Um, just surround yourself with people who believe. And if you don't have anybody in your vicinity, like actually send messages to people whose stuff you watch. It's just from doing that alone and like only listening to good, positive stuff, positive shit happens. That's it. Like, that's the first Dude, step, Dude, you just right? gave me an idea. What? Like, the the positive uh, injection or some brand <laughs> around that, right? And you just, you create tools that are just around, like, mm. positive Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, magazines, businesses, and it's just this portal of positivity. Huh. That would change people's lives because then you would have a segregated, compiled list of, like, if I want to, like, just feel good, Here's where I go. <laughs> I'm going to do that shit. <laughs> but imagine that. Like, imagine, like, I just want to feel better about my day, and you know exactly where to go. You just go to this little, this little portal or whatever. <laughs> it's a portal, like, all the apps combined. Like, it's just an ecosystem of content and product positivity that you just surround yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a and utopia. And VR, of, you just put the headset on <laughs> and you're just, ah. Just then me it. and you are like chilling in fucking <laughs> Bali right now. Having, so that's, VR is actually a good conversation to get into because one, I think it's going to help teams a lot in the future because like I take my video calls right right here. So when we work digitally, well, imagine we just put our headsets on and I can like yeah, pretend right like we're there, there right? So I can, you can build really good teams from across the world and still feel engaged and and friends with them right mm -hmm. um beyond that implication fuck where was i going with this i rarely lose my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> damn it i was on a roll we got into vr wh what were you talking about before that though you said something to bring up vr uh, uh, VR. we'll just put our vr headsets on oh positivity positivity oh podcasting portal. with vr how cool would it be like for me like so i have podcast guests right and they're in whatever country or whatever and you have your headset and then when i'm podcasting with them i can see them it's like they're sitting right yeah there. it's like yeah. you're they're sitting in your in your seat so <laughs> that's what i was saying like they're literally right here i'm just looking here talking Whoa. like this and they're looking at holy me holy shit that would be crazy <laughs> Whoa. It's real, dude. That's that's gonna happen. It's yeah, gonna be next for level. Sure. that's what one reason that I'm getting into this is because of that. So, like, for anybody who's listening, I use thirty dollar lav mics. It's we're, we're on episode twenty four. I told myself I wasn't gonna invest anything really into podcasting until I got up to fifty plus episodes. That would show me that I have enough traction for myself uh, to actually stay committed to this. I'm gonna hit that mark. Um, I'm actually gonna start ramping up. So as we start building out this podcast studio, that's something I'm going to do. But the whole VR thing, I know where the world's going. Like I know there's so many technologies totally. that are going to come out that totally. if you know how to do video, uh, audio, and in life, event, community-driven things sure. and marketing, you're going to win yeah. like, at the end of the day. So we kind of just sidebar right there, but... Yeah. I just if you if you can connect with other humans like you'll figure it out. That's what it all comes. If down you could to. connect with one person right now, who would it be? Heather. For business. 
Oh, like somebody that I would like to connect with. Yeah, like who would, who would you, if you had on speed bow right now and you got 30 minutes of your time, who would you call? Ooh, wow. Um, Barack Obama. But let's, per, let's, that's too, that's too obvious. It's the truth, but. Okay, second. Who would, who would be your, what is it called? Somebody black, realistic? Black horse or black knight or white knight? I don't know, what? dude, because I think about it a lot. I'm like. Dark horse. If I could talk to. Tony Robbins or Gary Vee or whoever the fuck, like, what would I ask them? And I just feel like I wouldn't ask them anything. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I know what I need to do. I just need to do it and not give up. Like, there's nothing they could tell me necessarily that would just alter my, my universe. That response is so good, man. I'm the same way. People ask me on podcasts, like, who who do you look up to and all these things? And I'm just like, my parents, like, yeah. my friends, people that actually help me get to where I'm at. Right. But I think we live in this jaded society of you following on Instagram and on Twitter and these people, like, what they know who they have on speed dial or oh, whatever. Yeah. But if you're talking to, I just saw on the ATX Startups page, uh, one of the leaders was just like, the people that are doing really big things, like you don't see them out at bars and different networking yeah. events trying to talk to other people. Like they're in the thick of what they're trying to do and right. who they're trying to connect with. And he basically, I've seen that where it's just like you have a lot of people that get into the startup space looking to get into the startup or entrepreneurial space and they go to these different networking events and it makes them feel good. Right. But it's not actually achieving no. anything. And that's where, again, like they don't learn how to build that team because they're focused on that good feeling rather than building a fucking team is hard. Like, I think so. The way that we met is, is a perfect example of how to do it productively. Like, I didn't meet you because I knew um, I didn't have anything specific in mind, but it was the seeking out the positivity thing. Like, um, so going to these networking events, I feel like there has to be a lot of good intention behind it. I mean, you you go to them every every now and then, right? Yeah. So mostly you, when when my close friends are, are leading it, it or or you, doing it, but I come to support to support. Them. That's your yeah. intention, and yeah. and that's being in the thick of it. Yeah. That's making it a priority, not to just go to a networking event. You're going there to support somebody. That's a strong intention. If you're just going there because you want to hand out your business card, I just don't know. I don't know if that pays off super well. Um, Can't for your soul, man. That feels so soulless. I don't know how people yeah. get. I don't because I've been to the ones where they shuffle cards, and yeah. it was kind of like that at Forbes. And it was like, uh, but it was so easy to differentiate yourself. Then other people handing out cards, I was handing out stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna do the same thing this year. Like hand out something that's valuable because you can use yeah. a sticker. I'm never going to fucking use your card ever. And this is a conversation I got into the other day. And this is what I want to breed into my team is that I love how earlier you said, find ways to show up and ask how you can help. Like not just in business, but in life. Mm -hmm. I try to find ways to show up and be valuable in every scenario. Like always have one leg up. So an instance that I got into the other day, I was at a meeting. I was talking about, I used to work at Panera in high school. And I worked there very specifically on Friday nights because I could take the food that they are given, they would give to the homeless um, shelter. And then they would ask the employees, like, do you want to get food? Do you want some of this food that we're just going to give away? 
So I would take all this food, pizzas, <laughs> cookies, whatever, to the party, and I would drink for free. <laughs> but everyone wa- ev- when I walked in, everyone was looking at me. Right. And like, who's that guy? So right away, I was <laughs> learning really quickly, literally quickly, what do people love? Food, good conversation, good products, whatever. So if you've seen like me in the community here in ATX, right, like, I'm always out. handing something out. So I try <laughs> to find like, even today, like I'm about to go, I'm drinking Flying Embers right now, kombucha, right? right? Yeah. Really good guys. They're coming from San Diego. Um, but I know a lot of people that they want to get connected to in our community because it is a health and wellness kind of related product, um, a healthier way to drink. Get that product, hand it out to that community, fit the product with the community. But then everyone's looking to me as like, it's very subtle ways of gaining that leverage. And that's where like, as a team, if you can teach your team to do that, mm. to like fill those gaps for your customers, you're, you're going to be on fire. Like, because most people don't think like that. They think, if I tell you to show up with a notebook and a pen, you show up with a notebook and a pen. Mm. But there's some people out there that show up with a, a notebook, a pen, and a piece of tape for everybody else when they rip a page out or something. Like They're thinking that next step ahead of like, what are people gonna need here? Maybe sticky notes instead of just notebooks, right? If, if, you're, if, if you're listening and you're not sure that you wanna be an entrepreneur, but you just want a different job, this is the perfect way to get a job is to think outside of the box in this way. Like I feel you, you can be helpful to people in a lot more ways than you might be thinking. You know what I mean? Yep. And if you're trying to get a new job or make a career change or get connected to somebody, there's a lot of approaches that you can take and you should just keep trying them. Um, I, I've been spending a lot of time on that, um, on my little LinkedIn articles. <laughs> I've been, I've been probably even crushing a LinkedIn. I've been articles. writing about it because I'm like, I keep talking to so many, uh, like ex students or friends or family, like whatever, that are trying to get jobs or trying to do something different, and they're waiting, and they're like waiting for stuff to happen, like sending an application and then waiting to hear back. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? Fuck no. That's my biggest pet peeve. I hate that shit. You know what I tell people to do? So our intern, Hamza, just won Forbes Scholar right. Award. You know right. how he got it? He fucking approached it from four different ways. Like He <laughs> applied, he messaged, <laughs> he made a video. He did like so many extra things. It's like, you're going to notice me. I'm and I'm I'm you're going to give me a hard fucking no. Yeah, you're like, going to give me that's, a hard no. Like people, people go for yeses. And this is, I've said this before in other right. things that I've been on. I go for no's, man. I go so disruptive yeah. that like you got to give me a no because most people wait in limbo and limbo is yeah. way worse than getting a no, especially from customers. Ones that drag you along for fucking 30 days. Like, no, like after a couple a week or two weeks, we provided the value. Like, <laughs> do you want it or do you not? Right now you got to create a system around that good system. But most people like Hamza, like when it's funny. So for those that don't know, Hamza is our amazing intern now. He's going to be a partner in our business. Um, he's going to run the media side of things. But during the summer, Cass and I literally already had our tickets booked to Forbes. And when Hamza came along, we were like, dude, you got to come to Forbes with us. And then we right. look at tickets for $1,000. Mm. And he's like, shit. And I'm just like, there's got to be another way. There's <laughs> always a third door, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if anybody's li- read yeah. the book, The Third Door about Alex Manayan, you should do it. Um, but there's always a third door. We looked up and I was like, he found the scholar program and he was just going to apply. 
And we're like, no, dude, no, like no, no. <laughs> there's people on LinkedIn that make the purchasing decision. They have right. the decision. They're looking at the application. For sure. Everyone that works at Forbes needs to know of Hamza and just send them a straight up video <laughs> on LinkedIn, right? And then also put together a video for an email oh, and then yeah. send that out. And then to top it all off, vlog yourself doing these videos and all these things. So now he has a vlog of how he actually approached this yeah. and he got it. And then we're going to go vlog in, <laughs> in, in Forbes and then send it out to Forbes and be like, yo, next year we want to be a part of the team. Like, how can we help? How can we help produce the media side of things for Forbes next year for incoming scholars or whatever it may be so that this year he took this path, but next year we can get him into the path towards like maybe partnering with Forbes in some type of way. And that's how you get on and, 30 under 30. Yeah, and that's how I would hopefully apply to Forbes 30 under 30. By providing value! <laughs> that's it, bro. We should end on that. That was so meta. You were like talking about Hamza providing value. But really, you were doing it. That's so awesome. no, teaching him no, to go above great. and beyond and do, that, and do that value. And then again, I also am thinking like, okay, yeah. we get him in there and then I get <laughs> to get voted. To he can vote for me to be Forbes 30 or 30. Yeah. So anybody that doesn't know, I want to be Forbes 30 or 30. <laughs> I got one year left. So the chances are very slim, but I'll always bet on myself. We'll see what happens. Go for it. So we're going to know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a fun ride. I look forward to it. It's in October. If anybody's listening, that's going to be there. We'd love to connect, but we'll end on that. I always love having Fayez on here, man. He's been one of the OGs in my life, in my entrepreneurial life. And if you haven't followed him yet, please go follow his company at Prep to Your Door. Uh, it's an amazing company. I'll let him speak to that um, on his posts and on what they do. But I appreciate you guys listening and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. Thrive on.